0: to the QB list fantasy football podcast we're so excited for a new season of fantasy football I know it's been a while since we last talked to you all Uh, that was for the NFL draft but now we're getting ready for a new season and uh, look who came out of his hibernation chamber Um, welcome back Eric Smith how are you doing I'm doing great it's uh,
1: been a little busy for me personally but um, you know it's kind of Cut down on the content I've put out on the site, but if you're part of the Discord community at Cubulist, uh, there's been lots of Dynasty talk, lots of Scott Fishbowl talk, lots of just everything you can think of. I joined a, a salary cap Dynasty League. I just joined a best ball Dynasty League. Like, There's a lot going on. So if you haven't heard a lot from us lately, uh, we were kind of just prepping behind the scenes and getting ready for the season and uh, just, yeah, looking forward to a, a new year because it's going to be a fun one.
0: Oh, so so you just ignoring my DMs. That wasn't you hibernating. You were just ignoring me. Got it. Perfect. Well, that's awesome that you've been so involved in a lot of things. And like you mentioned, actually, the QB list Discord space has been hopping uh, with a lot of fun stuff. Uh, Obviously, as you mentioned, Scott Fishbowl, which we'll talk about, but also the Dynasty Leagues, Keeper Leagues. I know a lot of people are going to have their Keeper League deadlines coming up. And what better place... Uh, then QB list to get just absolute instantaneous feedback. Come to us with your teams, show us what you got, and we'll help you out. Uh, head on over to pitcherlist. slash plus. Obviously, uh, at our sister site, Pitcher list, you'll get access to all of that amazing stuff, and maybe help you finish your fantasy football or uh, fantasy baseball season, uh, and, and even maybe do some uh, do well in DFS there. But You'll get access to all the QB List stuff as well, including the QB List staff. Um, speaking of the QB List staff, uh, we are hiring. We're actually hiring uh, staff writers. Um, you can check out our Twitter at the QB List or the website list.com for details. Um, but, but Eric, what are you looking for with a staff writer? What makes a good staff writer at QB List, and why is that not me? <laughs>
1: Miles, you're you're much more than a staff writer. So, um, if I set the bar that high, I'd never hire anyone. So, oh, but no. Uh, I mean, one really cool thing about this website is that uh, somebody does not need to have extensive writing experience to write for us. Um, When I applied, I was not published anywhere. Uh, I just, you know, it had been so long. I'd been sitting around playing fantasy football my whole life and doing really well at it. But I was not writing and I saw QB List was hiring. And, you know, I just went to the website and I wrote a sample of what they were working on. I still remember it was a, a preview of the Carolina Panthers a few years ago, their upcoming season. And I mean, that article didn't even get published, you know, like that, was, that, it got me hired, but it didn't even get published. I was just like, well, let's write this article, um, try to match their style. And um, it, that's a really cool thing about our site is we're a really good place for new people to get a shot. So um, our primary thing is just looking for people who are a good fit for the site, uh, someone who can be on Discord, who can be in Reddit answering questions, getting along with people. We all know how the internet can be from time to time. Um, You know, you see see the fights daily on uh, Fantasy Football Twitter. (laughs) That's not what our staff is about. We want people who can interact with all kinds of different people, um, be polite, talk about fantasy football the right way. That's a huge thing here with QB list and fantasy football. So, or and pitcher list, excuse me. So uh, that that's primary. Obviously you have to know fantasy football. You have to be a good writer. There's a lot of stuff like that. But if you're someone who's always wanted to get involved, this is a great time to just jump in, pick something, write it, send it in to me. And um, I'm, I'm happy to interview people and give them a shot because we just really want good people. So that's, that's primary. And uh, I think there are a lot of people out there that undersell how good they are at fantasy football. Uh, So just give it a shot. Give us a sample. Uh, Send it in info at qblist.com or just message me on Twitter or whatever. We'll figure it out. But um, I just, I'm really excited. I've, we've already got a lot of applications in and I'm looking forward to talking with everyone.
0: Yeah, and I just want to say, as someone who's been part of, you know, the Pitcher list and QB List team now for uh, the last four years, it's really the biggest thing is it's a good community of good people. And one thing that everyone shares is a love for the game. Um, you know, there's, you can improve as a writer. You can improve um, your analysis. I mean, that's what a lot of people, you know, when I came to the staff, uh, I loved the sport and I was learning still about the analytics and about, um, what makes someone uh, a good fantasy, you know, player. And these are things that that you can learn here. Um, but as long as you've got a love for the sport, um, you know, you're good with people and, uh, and you have a desire to grow and, and, you know, really be, you know, improve your yourself. There's a home for you here. Uh, so I definitely encourage everyone if this is something that you want to pursue, uh, send in an application and uh, and really just show us you know that how much you love the game and, and and that you want that that growth because that's you know those are the really the big things that I see for people who succeed here. So um, I mean, take Eric, for example, you know, Eric mentioned, you know he, he he wrote an article about the Carolina Panthers preview to get hired on and dude runs the site now. So mm-hmm. who knows? Uh, maybe the next uh, the, the guy who takes Eric Smith's job from him, maybe you're out there ready to apply. Right now, so uh, I would gladly definitely... give away a little of my work. So uh, come, come for me, everyone. <laughs> Try to take this job. I, I, I've got plenty of work to go around. Uh, in all seriousness, though, uh, we're very excited uh, to go through all those applications and and see all the wonderful people that apply. So please don't hesitate. Um, if you have any questions about it, uh, feel free to reach out to me as well on Twitter. I'm um, at milesnelsonpl. Um, I'd be more than happy to to give you a little bit of uh, insight as to uh, what you know being a Cubulus would be like and and uh, what we're looking for. Um, And I know Eric would feel the same. Uh, Eric, what's your Twitter handle again? At Eric Smith, QBL. There you go. So I used to say
1: that the QB
0: list. It took me a minute. So yeah, just just message
1: us. Um, We're we're happy to talk to you about it. And it is a lot of work. So you got to be prepared to work and put the time in. But other than that, uh, just a positive attitude. That's half the battle
0: yep so uh all, all these new staffers that we're bringing on i mean I, I guess maybe there's something cool coming uh maybe the the website is uh you know launching again for the new season uh when is cubulus 2021 launching we are launching on August
1: 2nd. Uh, that is the week of the Hall of Fame game, first preseason game. So if you look at your calendars, uh, we have football coming very soon. So uh, we wanted to hype everyone up for football starting with our QB list 2021 launch. Um, the website's going to look pretty similar to last year. It's already awesome the way it is. So there's not a, a ton of huge changes that way. But um, we're really excited about a few things this year. Uh, we are going to do our first ever staff projections um, big thanks to Kenny Heitenhove. Um, I've been working with him on those projections. He's done a lot of the work though. So huge thanks to Kenny. Um, but yeah, we're going to have projections. We're going to have all of my rankings out on August 2nd, which projections and rankings are a little different. So, um, we're going to have both of those for you, depending on what you want. You know, we'll have a, a Google sheet to share with you. If you want to use our projections, uh, we're going to try to get that released early on discord. So just as a thanks to our supporters, um, our staff and everyone. So that'll be available Uh, But yes, August 2nd is just going to have a ton of good stuff highlighted by the projections, but we'll have our typical bold predictions going deeps, uh, sleepers and busts, all that kind of stuff and then it's going to be full gear had full speed ahead for the rest of the preseason so um, it's been a little quiet this summer, um, but we are ramping up behind the scenes and August 2nd on it's going to be like we never left so really looking forward to it this year. And it's going to be nice to have a year where uh, at least knock on wood, we're pretty sure we're going to have a season as opposed to last year, which was uh, (laughs) hard to
0: believe that was a year ago. So really looking forward to 2021. Yeah, we're so confident we're going to have a season that we're <laughs> going to add an extra game to it. 17 game season. Uh, lots to talk about there, obviously not today, but just kind of what that might mean for fantasy football um, kind of as we get close to the preseason. But I want to go back and, and just again, shout out to Kenny Heidenhove. Um, he has done a lot of amazing work and, and really has shown a, a lot of uh, smarts on the data analysis side. Um the last few years doing the opportunity report, which is um, criminally underrated and uh, an absolute stroke of genius that, that he's kind of put together. And for him to put that, that brain to use with uh, projections and you with all the, uh, everything that you know about football, you know, kind of uh, putting that together to create our our websites projections. Uh, it's really cool that we're going to have that. And uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, exactly how correct they are. Cause they, if they're not a hundred percent correct, then, then what's the point, you know? <laughs> that's uh I mean, we need to push back launch a little bit hang on uh but no, no
1: it, 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 I mean it's honestly the best way you can pre- prepare for the season uh, I'd recommend people out there even if they're not super detailed projections just going through each team looking at target shares it really opens your eyes to a lot of things so I'm looking forward to talking about that in the upcoming weeks because we'll probably have multiple podcasts just on our projections alone
0: So speaking of Kenny and you, I hear you guys are doing something pretty cool next month. Um, You're heading to Canton, Ohio as part of the Fantasy Football Expo. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, definitely looking
1: forward to that. Um, just a chance to meet a bunch of people in person, honestly. Um, I, you know, we're kind of figuring this one out as we go, but, um, it's going to be a, a huge industry event. Lots of people there. I think everyone's really excited to get out after COVID. So I'm uh, really looking forward to meeting some people in person. If anyone's listening, who is going, um, you know, hit me up. I'd love to meet up with you, but, uh, it's just a chance to meet people face to face. It's, uh, It's been a long year of meeting people um, over Zoom calls and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So let's just get out there, meet some people. There's uh, some panels, some expert mock drafts, hoping to be a part of some of that stuff. But uh, I just want to let people know that we're going to be there and um, happy to meet everyone and just really looking forward to it. So August 15th in Canton, uh, that's where the Pro Football Hall of Fame is. Uh, It should be a great time. So
0: um, hope to see you there. Yeah, nice good weekend of football, whether fantasy or Hall of Fame or, uh, you know, just taking in some preseason football. And, and who better to do that with than all the fine folks who are going to be at the Fantasy Football Expo? Um, speaking of, of you know, expert drafts and stuff like that. Uh, one thing that we're really proud of here is, you know, being transparent about how we do and. In 2020, the QB list draft rankings uh, finished 63rd out of 191 experts. So that's in the top third. Um, That's ahead of people like Keith Cummings, uh, Rudy Gamble. I'm not trying to bring anyone else down, but I'm just saying, you know, we did some pretty good work. And and I'm really proud of, uh, of everyone who was a part of that. And uh, I mean, we're called QB list. finishing in the top twenty-five uh, in terms of QB rankings. It's not easy to to you know draft rankings and then and then you know I mean so much so much changes in week one. Player goes hurt, gets hurt, and all your rankings get all thrown out of whack from there. So uh, it, it's really really cool that we're in the top third of all the experts uh, who who were uh, you know ranked in this accuracy ranking.
1: Yeah, and I mean, you know, middle of the pack and the experts is pretty good because there's a ton of talent in fancy football. It's, I mean, it's insane right now. I mean, you got so many websites plus multiple people submitting rankings per website. Uh, We're Mm -hmm. pretty proud that our one ranking for the sites in the top third. So yeah, I mean, like you said, like we're, we're mentioning those names, people we finished ahead of like Andy Holloway and Jason Moore, fantasy footballers, John Paulson, four for four. We're mentioning them just because we respect them so much. The fact that, you know, we were better than them for years, just awesome. And I think it also shows a little bit of our draft strategy. I mean, everyone kind of got on me last year, how much I was in on the running backs, the rookie running backs. And uh, I know there's a lot of hand wringing about the seasons that they had. They were not great seasons, um, but we still finished that high in the rankings. And that's because you're going for upside in these drafts. And You know, if you miss on a couple rookies in the mid rounds and they don't have that blow up season, it's not going to kill you. You want that player that really blows up. So I think it kind of ties all that back together where it's like it's worth taking those shots later in the draft. Even if they don't work out, there's a lot of picks in that area that won't work out. So uh, that's just one thing I want to do this year is go for upside. Once again, that's how you win leagues is going for the upside plays, especially in fantasy football. So, um, yeah, just really excited. 63rd overall, we'll take it and hoping to get uh, at least into the top 50 this year, if not higher.
0: Yeah. And we'll talk more about draft strategy as the back half of this podcast. We're going to talk about uh, what the ADP looks like for the first two rounds uh, as of right now for fantasy football, looking ahead to the 2021 season. Um, lastly, um, talk to me a little bit about the Scott Fishbowl. I know uh, we've been seeing it all over Twitter lately. Uh, I mean, it's huge. There's so many people participating in it. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, who who's representing QB list uh, and, and Scott Fishbowl this year? And, and uh, you know, tell me a little bit more about it. Yeah, so we were really excited
1: to have three people in Scott Fish Bowl XI. I was in it, Kenny Heitenhoff and Benjamin Howler. Um, We all drafted a team. It's a huge league, but, again, there are a lot of experts out there. There are a lot of fans wanting in this thing. And so we're really happy to have three people up from two last year for the site. So um, it's just a giant fantasy football, uh, primarily a fundraiser first. Uh, Scott Fish raises a ton of money for charity. um, But then it's a huge industry league, brings fans and analysts together. Um, I, there were like, you know, 160 some uh, kind of concurrent leagues going on. And then it whittles down to the the playoffs at uh, week 15, I think this year, 14 or 15. So um, it's just a giant league, a bunch of leagues drafted at the same time and just kind of a, a kind of a kickoff to the redraft season in some ways. Now it's time to start, uh, you know, kind of getting ready for things beyond dynasty rookie drafts. So it was a lot of fun. Uh, crazy scoring settings really makes you think with every pick and it, the league I was in was just a blast that um, we named them all after, uh, you know, musicians this year I was in the a tribe called quest division and it was just an incredible draft group I mean, I, I didn't see more than two or three reaches the whole draft so just a great time overall I would recommend everyone try to get in next year it's it's one of my favorite days of the year when that slow draft kicks off.
0: Yeah, and, and obviously a fantastic cause um, as well. It's always good when you can uh, both ha- do something fun, like, you know, play fantasy football and draft the fantasy football team and raise money for charity. So um, absolutely a fantastic thing that they do. And, and uh, hopefully, you know, we've got three people in the main league. Hopefully, you know, one of you three, Eric, Kenny and uh, and Ben Haller, one of you guys can take home uh, the win this year. would be really cool. Or, you know, I mean, make it to the playoffs. Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah yeah cool. you know last year i started joe mixon and uh, michael thomas so i'm just looking to avoid injuries this year but uh yeah drafted- let me let me know who you draft so i know who to avoid uh, <laughs> well yeah year. this year i drafted from the two spot um Mahomes went first because it's a super flex league so i got mccaffrey uh he's just you know his scoring is just Rip. unheard of at that position and i had aaron jones there at 2.11 um I, I figured out quarterback later i went uh trevor lawrence carson wentz and uh the Jameis Winston Taysom Hill stack to round out my quarterback. So I was really excited about
0: that one. I don't know. Is that, does that count as a stack or is that <laughs> are you handcuffing a quarterback there? I mean, I'm not really sure. Uh I mean it could it could be both. Who knows? Uh if, if Winston goes down, Hill might just move from tight end to quarterback. So yep. uh be, be quite the uh, quite the thing down there in New Orleans. Um awesome. Let's talk a little bit about the 2021 fantasy football season, uh, because we've got some ADP data uh basically we've been looking at uh nfc since june 1st so about a month and a half now for the most part there hasn't been a ton of movement in the nfl since that time so nothing that'll really shake up the draft boards um there have been 138 drafts uh and you know i mean it's a good mix of you know leagues right we've got uh, it's not always best ball. So we got people who are going to be playing for in-season stuff. Some of them are best ball, so it's draft and hold. Um, but it's a good mix. We're going uh, you know, with PPR settings, one quarterback. And the really cool thing about why I, I always like looking at ADP from uh, NFC or NFBC for baseball, because these leagues generally, for the most part, have money on the line. Uh, And so therefore, you're not getting people. One of the biggest things that sucks about mock drafts this time of year is you jump in a mock draft. And if there's no nothing on the line, you might have, you know, one to five people dip like halfway through the draft. And then it's just like completely useless. Uh, You got money on the line. These people are sticking around and making good picks. Well, their idea of good picks all the way through. So uh with all of that said, um what are there any overall trends that you've noticed in the first two rounds of uh of drafts so far that have stood out to you?
1: Yeah, I mean it's it depends on the league type somewhat, but it's hard to look past uh this ADP with the running back position right now. Um mm-hmm. 10 of the first 12 uh picks in the first round are running backs as of right now. 15 of 20 in the first two rounds total are running backs, so um in these formats people are hammering running backs. I've seen in some best balls, um, underdog best balls, some other stuff in the industry where receivers are really going up in ADP lately and people are going the zero RB approach. But in these, um, you know, in these NFC leagues, it's still super running back heavy. So that really puts you to the decision early on is do you want to kind of just fight for your life and grab a running back or two and figure the rest out later, or do you want to go against the grain and try to, you know, field a unique team? So just right away, right off the bat, I know it's every year, but even more so this year, you've got to make decisions on running backs, which ones you'll take that early and which ones you just want to let someone else reach on.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at the uh, min max of these picks. So the the highest spot they get picked in the draft and uh, there's only two non running backs that have cracked the top five, um period in uh in this uh, in these leagues actually there's uh, pat mahomes was drafted fifth in presumably one league but um that person probably didn't realize it wasn't a super flex league uh and or just really believes in pat mahomes so i'm very thankful pat mahomes mom is in uh an <laughs> nfc league um but in all seriousness though right even even the guys uh, who are who's ADP are a lot lower like Antonio Gibson or Clyde Edwards-Hilaire who um, are both in you know ADP puts them in the second round they have a min pick in the top five so there are you know there are people if you're reaching for someone you're still reaching for a running back so there really is clearly a heavy emphasis placed on running back let's talk about the running backs um, first, uh, uh, since, you know, obviously we've talked, been mentioning them so much. And as you said, I mean, it's not just 10 of the first 12, but 11 of the first 13 running backs, uh, are, are running backs in drafts. So the, uh, first four are kind of bunched together. Uh, all four of them have been picked as high as number two, actually all five of the first five have been picked as high as number two. And that is Christian McCaffrey, uh, who's typically the first pick Dalvin cook, Alvin Kamara, Derek Henry, and then Jonathan Taylor. Um, who stands out? Is there anyone here that stands out to you that definitely doesn't deserve to be in this top five?
1: Yeah, for me, it's pretty clearly Jonathan Taylor. Um, again, it's funny. I was all over these rookies last year in drafts. And now that they're sophomores, I'm fading them. But it's it's really just the draft capital. And if Jonathan Taylor is going top five pick in a draft, especially a PPR league, that's the big note here. Um, we're really expecting quite a lot in his second year for him to hit that ceiling that can be like an RB1 we it's just it's all pass catching I I have no doubt in my mind that he can get it done on the ground but I mean he Jonathan Taylor had 39 targets in 15 games last year and that was with the check down king Philip Rivers throwing him the ball Uh, it's not to say he can't improve on that this year he obviously did not get as many snaps as we would like to have seen Taylor get last year Um, but those are pretty ideal circumstances for Taylor to get targets with Philip Rivers now you get Carson Wentz Uh, Wentz and Miles Sanders last year looked – it was painful to watch them try to connect on these dump-down passes. Not that Wentz can't get better either, but when we're taking Jonathan Taylor – RB5, RB2, wherever it is, we really just need them to hit on that pass catching like immediately this year. And I think there's some other running backs like McCaffrey, like Cook, like Kamara. We've seen them do the, the pass catching role, gives them a higher weekly floor. We're basically counting on Taylor to either take a huge step in that department or to have a Derrick Henry outlier year. So I love Taylor as a player, uh, back of the first round, early second round, no problems with him there. But when you start putting him up in the top five, that's when I have an issue with it.
0: Well, and it's it's interesting to me that you mentioned Derrick Henry because I was going to say you know Henry is someone who finished uh, in the top five at running back uh, even despite he I mean he only had 31 targets last year. Derrick Henry does not catch passes, um, but obviously he also had a year for the record books, um, you know, crossing the 2,000 mark, uh, leading the league in touchdowns for the second straight year. So obviously that that is quite the outlier season. Um, that is the person who who concerns me uh, concerns me more than Jonathan Taylor because. Uh, how many times have we seen running backs get run into the ground? uh, And then, you know, the next year, it's really hard for them to follow that up with even like an average season by a running back standard, let alone by the uh, insane standard that Derrick Henry has now set for uh, himself these past two years. So are are you at all concerned uh, about a 27 year old Derrick Henry coming off of 378 rushes and 2000 yards? And that was just during the regular season.
1: Yes, but I've kind of long ago just thrown my hands up with Derrick Henry and just kind of labeled him as the outlier. And uh, you know, if it's a dynasty league, yeah, I'm worried. Redraft, I think we can get another year out of him. Um, I don't love seeing Arthur Smith go. Uh, as his play caller last year, he really just made this one of the most efficient offenses in the league. Um, we've got to hope he keeps that going. Uh, they, you know, now that they have Julio Jones and AJ Brown, it's yeah. maybe a little more passing based. If the defense is bad and they're falling behind, but I do think Henry's safety. I mean, it's he's just been so insane these last few years. He's more got more safety than Taylor, and so I'm willing to take a shot on him. I think just a little bit more. I do understand that Taylor has maybe some more pass catching upside. Well, definitely more pass catching upside than Henry. Uh, so people might want to jump Taylor above Henry, but uh, Henry's just he's just a freak of nature, and I I don't think he's going to fall off a cliff necessarily. So I, th- I think we can get another solid year from him
0: yeah mentioning julio jones uh, that was another thing i definitely had in mind um but you know it, it it's also could be a catch-22 i mean uh the titans have not had uh extensive weapons in the passing game i mean if if you consider Corey davis as someone that defenses were keying in on then um i have a surprise for you they they, they weren't uh not to the level that they were worried about derrick henry that's yeah. for sure but now you've got julio jones and aj brown out there and I'm not going to say that defenses aren't going to stack the box still against Tennessee. Uh, but at the same time, if you, if you, if they can get out to a hot start and Julio and AJ Brown can start, you know, kind of tearing apart defenses that load up on the run, then we might see some more lanes for Derrick Henry. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah. and, and, you know, again, if there's a runner that's going to succeed against a stacked box, it's Derrick Henry, but you know, the fewer tackles he has to run through the better chance he has of making it through uh, a 17 game season and being productive. So yeah. uh you know, that, that's one of those things It it could be beneficial for him. And it could also be the worst thing in the world. And uh, there's really no way until the game start for us to, to know that. Um, yeah. But let's one talk interesting
1: about- thing is I, I was, I believe it was the athletic fan or not even the athletic fantasy football podcast, just the athletic NFL podcast. Um, Tennessee was like tops in the league last year and like max protect. Like basically what they would do is just play action, have two guys going deep, AJ Brown, Corey Davis. Like that was basically their strategy. Just play action, max protect, Get it to the playmakers, and now those playmakers are Julio Jones and AJ Brown. So you could definitely see what they're playing on here. It, it looks like more of the same, and I'm not sure if there's a more imposing trio than Henry, Julio Jones, and AJ Brown. So they might be able to pull this off. It's it's the wear and tear is certainly a concern, and the last lack of pass catching. But um, it's it's going to be a fun offense to watch, and if it keeps humming like it did,
0: I I think I want pieces of multiple people in this offense. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, good luck getting uh, multiple people in this offense. Uh, It's doable, but I mean, it's not going to be the easiest thing in the world. Um, All right, let's talk about the running backs in the back half of the first round. Uh, We've got five more to talk about. That's uh, Ezekiel Elliott at six, Saquon Barkley at seven, uh, Austin Eckler at nine and Cam Akers. uh, Sorry, Cam Akers and Nick Chubb at 11 and 12 um, with Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill uh fitting in like kind of the the uh the holes there that we skipped over we'll talk about them in a minute but uh zeke barkley eckler acres and chubb um do you think all these guys are are worthy first round picks man again acres
1: is a little early for me um it's it's similar to taylor i mean acres only had 14 total targets last year uh he missed three games which um also, you know, he didn't hold up his whole season, his rookie year, he, he got hurt. I know it's hard to predict injuries. I'm not calling him injury prone, but we don't know the Acres can hold up to a full workload yet for a whole season. And we don't know that he's going to catch passes. It's, it's exciting to have McVay and Matthew Stafford there. It's going to be a fun offense. He certainly could score a bunch of touchdowns. But again, if we want that RB3 season or RB2 or RB5, like you're going to need pass catching again, unless it's just a Derrick Henry outlier season. So, um, that's what worries me about Acres. We're just already baking in all of this improvement in year two. And uh, it's just, it's a, it's a high price to pay. I mean, you compare it to someone like Nick Chubb, both Taylor and Akers. Um, Chubb's not someone I draft a ton of, um, but I mean, Chubb has shown he can handle the workload. He's got a 5.2 career yards per carry. He's in a great running game offense. Um, he's had a near 1500 yard season in his career on the ground. Like, it, If they end up Nick Chubb, that's a back half of the first round running back. And that's great. But we haven't even seen them do it yet quite like Chubb. So uh, it feels like Chubb is the safer version of them. Sure, they have more upside, but we're just we're we're really counting on a huge jump in year two. So I'm fading acres and I love him as a player. I drafted him a ton last year. If it was later in the second round, I'm in. But it's just too early for me
0: yeah exactly i mean we're not we're not saying that they're not gonna be good uh because i think we both can agree that we expect a a great seasons from jonathan taylor and cam Akers. it's just that at the price that you're paying uh you know them being first round picks you're you're basically like paying for what you hope is their best case scenario and uh you don't want that because you know winning a draft is all about getting that surplus value and you get that surplus value by by getting more production than the cost of the draft slot that that you pick them in um you know in snake drafts it's not always that simple because there's there can be huge drop offs and tiers, and uh there may not be anyone that can you know get that surplus value necessarily but here you know with acres there's there's running back behind him like like you mentioned nick chubb um aaron jones guys like this that uh you know are going later on in the draft that have the similar upside and i mean even have a better floor uh because we've seen them do it uh than cam acres does um Real quick, Zeke and Barkley being at six and seven. I mean, Barkley coming off a major injury, uh, Zeke having the season that he just had. Do you have any major concerns about uh, spending your first round uh, pick on on Elliott or Barkley?
1: Yeah, they they scare me a lot. So when I when I don't pick them as my fade, it's not necessarily because of supreme confidence. Uh, Barkley's injury is a worry, but. We just I mean, if you're going for upside, I mean, Barkley had 121 target season in 2018. You know, uh, he's had 17 in 2019 when he was injured with a high ankle sprain. So just he's got that upside that nobody other than, you know, Camara Cook McCaffrey has with that pass catching ability. Uh, Even same with Zeke. I mean, I know he's he's getting up there in age for a running back. Uh, He's less explosive, Uh, but he has averaged 79 targets a season over the last three years. So, I mean, I don't think Pollard's just going to steal the job from him. It's going to be a really good offense. Yes, you're hoping that you got one more good year out of Zeke here, but just the volume is hard to beat. So, it's it's a tough call at the back end of the first round, but I, I do think that they have better league winning upside than we've seen before, and I know that's a tricky spot with running back. Um, it's, a, it's a young player's game, and you got to be ready to move on, but I'd take shots on Barkley and, and Zeke again
0: as a as a cowboys fan i hope there's like four more good years at zeke because i think that's how many more years we have him on that insane extension on so um yeah maybe maybe if we can keep saying one more good year for like the next four years then then that'll be good yeah. um and then I, I noticed you know in the notes here you've got austin eckler of all people listed as your target uh in of like the running backs in the first round and that's Eckler someone that concerns me just you know you look at him right you look at all these running backs you put them in a lineup and there's one dude that stands out um, and that's Christian McCaffrey but also Austin Eckler because he's small and I, I mean, he doesn't look like he should be able to be a, a lead running back for a full season. Um, and in fact, he wasn't able to do that this past season. Uh, he was fantastic when he was healthy, but he did miss a lot of time. And so I have to wonder about Eckler's, um, you know, durability being the size that he is being a, a full time running back uh, for another season. I, you know, I, I see you have not mentioned as a target. Go ahead and, and sell me on Eckler here in the first round. Yeah, for sure. I mean,
1: first I'll say that Aaron Jones would probably be my target, but I felt like it was cheating um, because as soon as we find out that Rogers is back, his ADP is going to skyrocket. So that's kind of the caveat there. But um, as far as Eckler, I just think if you're at the back half of the, or back end of the first round, early second, and you're looking for a running back, yes, I know that uh, maybe we can't count on 17 games out of him, but he's really good when he's out there. And I, I think I would trade a few injured games for better production when he's out there and just fill in the gaps when I can. I mean, he had 65 targets last year in 10 games. Um, He's got Herbert as his quarterback for the foreseeable future. That should be a really good offense. And he's just, you know, there's nobody behind him backup running back wise. It's going to take any work. Um, He's the, you know, he's the show in town. He's pass catching. So it's huge in PPR. Uh, It's just, I mean, he had 108 target season in 2019. It's just, it's just all pass catching here. And I mean, he's had a, 16.5 points per game or more the last two years that's really good company that it puts him in and i just think he's someone that people forget about and he's small like you said and they just assume he's going to get hurt but i mean we just talked about saquon barkley coming off of a major injury uh huge workloads for zeke and derrick henry there's a lot of question marks with any rookie in in football it's just a tough position so Um, I just I think when Eckler's out there, we're going to get really good production. He's not someone I'm jumping up and taking, you know, pick five overall or anything. But I think when you're picking 9, 10, 11, 12, um, he's a really good target to come out of the first two rounds with.
0: Yeah, I uh, I feel like Eckler is the kind of guy that I would ha- use a lot in DFS. And I don't know how many times I draft him in season long. Just again, you may you may feel comfortable trading a few injured games for someone who it will bring stellar production in their healthy games. And I will be concerned that their injured games will be like weeks 13 through 15 when I need them the most. So, um, but it's all about risk management, right? Uh, understanding what risk you're willing to manage and and how you're willing to take that. Um, Speaking of risk management, let's talk about the rookie because uh, uh, I think this is like the lowest rookie that we've uh, like sorry lowest like top rookie running back uh, that we've seen in quite some time uh, Najee Harris is the 13th player off the board um, 11th running back off the board and uh, I feel like it, I, I, I don't know the last time that we had someone uh, that we did not have a rookie running back who made it into the first round and and by the way I do fully expect that Najee Harris will creep into the back of the first round by the time the season starts because of the hype of it all but as of right now, he's just outside the first round.
1: Yeah, and I don't know. It, maybe the fancy community is just getting so smart. I, it's got to just be the Steelers' offensive line because I don't see any other reason to not hype him up there. I mean, the Steelers' offensive line looks really bad, and I feel like in years past, uh, a lot of people would have glossed over that. So maybe we're just getting smarter as a community. Um, we're being a little more hesitant. But, I mean, he, he's, a, he's got the first-round you know, ADP from the NFL draft that we like. Uh, the team's all but said like they want him to be the bell cow. They probably have said it actually. So uh, he's going to be their bell cow. They wind him out, wind him out wide and, you know, practices so far, they want to get him the ball in the air. Um, I think Roethlisberger, you know, he's getting towards the end of his career, but there's still some worse quarterbacks out there. I think for your fantasy player to be attached to than Roethlisberger, he can run the offense. Uh, this isn't like, you know, a drew lock situation from last year. So um it's i think he's gonna get hyped up it's just the only thing i can think of is this offensive line because he he could have a monster year here as far as volume goes and uh he he was an excellent player in college he can do a little bit of everything and it's just all all arrows are pointing towards a good season here from him it's just a matter of is it rb5 or rb15 i think
0: wow you think uh you think he's got rb5 ceiling in uh in the cards here huh Well, I mean,
1: you know, we're drafting Jonathan Taylor, um, RB5, and he hasn't had a – you know I mean? Like, if we had – look at where we drafted Taylor last year and where he's getting drafted this year. The season he put up doesn't quite warrant that. So, like, what do we need to see from from Najee Harris to get him as RB5 next year? Like, would it just take a similar season to Taylor? So, I don't know. If he's their only back and they're throwing the ball – in the air uh, there's no reason he can't be a, a, a top 10 running back this year if not higher so it's just it's just volume and pass catching that's what we're looking for all
0: right and so then rounding out the second round we've got a, a lot of different running backs that uh, you know i mean there's reasons to like all of them right i mean that's kind of there's a reason they're in the second rounds because they have a lower floor but um they all have high ceilings and so we've got aaron jones uh of the green bay packers antonio gibson joe mixon uh, coming in as the 19th pick and then Clyde edwards E'Laire at 21. Uh, If you're sitting there, I'd say like pick 15 or 16, all these guys are on the board and you say you want a running back, uh, how would you rank them? Aaron Jones, Antonio Gibson, Joe Mixon, and uh, Clyde edwards E'Laire?
1: I mean, like I said, I I think it's cheating with Jones a little bit. As long as we've got Aaron uh, Rodgers back, he's going to be ranked higher. Um, I would probably bump jones all the way up to running back i mean jones has been so good i'd probably jump him up to i mean even as high as like rb5 i mean he's been so good um so i'm all in on jones if aaron Rodgers is back i would take the discount right now if i'm drafting and hope for the best um otherwise i mean we'll talk about it some when we get into the receivers but this is where i think i start loading up on receivers and if i or other positions and if i missed out on a first round running back I may just miss out on a first and second round running back here. I I think there are some red flags with Cincinnati's offense. Burrow coming back from injury. I still don't trust the offensive line. Um, Mixon hasn't been a huge pass catcher in his career. Edwards Hilaire, I really like at a discount, um, but I don't think the second round is quite that discount. Um, Gibson, I like Gibson. Um, it's just a little hard to know what that offense is going to be, and there's going to be a lot of talented players in that offense to get the ball so gibson could certainly have a breakout um so he'd probably be my favorite there of that group but um this is where i start looking at wide receiver and tight end
0: let me just ask you uh right outside of the top 24 is deandre swift at 25 and then jk dobbins at 28 um just uh, would you put uh, uh which of those guys would you put over uh clyde Edwards-Helaire? swift uh dobbins or neither Um, I don't, I wouldn't take them up where a is
1: going, um, which is what's, what's that? I mean, that's, that's the question, right? If you have, if you pick 20, 20, like
0: who, which of those three you taking, and you're saying none of them.
1: No, I'm going, I'm going receiver or tight end. I I think they're kind of all in similar boats. I just Dobbins. Is he going to get the pass catching Swift? They've kind of shown a willingness to try to get some other backs in there to spell him. Um, I, I
0: I'm taking receiver here. Yeah, I'm very concerned about Detroit's offense. Um, All right, cool. So that's that's running back. Um, Would you say your strategy for a running back coming into the draft is try to get one of them in the first round? Uh, or maybe if you have like a back half of the first round pick, maybe you, you get your running back at the top of the second round, but it, do, it doesn't sound like you feel like you need to come out of the first two rounds with two running backs.
1: No, I, I don't think so. And I would be going for probably the top, um, and like again, depending on Aaron Jones, but maybe the top nine running backs here and uh, kind of letting the rest go. Um, so yeah, I, I want one of my favorites and then I'm going to let everyone else overdraft them and take the wide receiver values.
0: All right. So uh, let's talk about wide receiver then uh, and the wide receivers that are going in the top two rounds. Um, and first of all, we got Tyreek Hill. Uh, he is currently ADP at 10th overall. Um, he's been picked as high as fifth. Uh, so there are people that are picking him above, you know, some of these elite running backs. Uh, we also have Stefan Diggs uh, at 14. Man, what a what a change from last year, huh? Wow. He's a lot. It's a lot higher. All of a sudden, uh, Devontae Adams at 16. Again, there's so many questions about who's going to be throwing him the ball. Um, let me ask you. So obviously if we're drafting right now, we don't know, but if, if we were to say Jordan loves the one throwing him the ball, where would you want Devonte Adams? Like how, where would you draft him?
1: Whew. uh, that's a tough one. <laughs> so, I mean, you look down into the third round, you can still get Keenan Allen mid mid third round, um, just proven player with Justin Herbert throwing him the ball. It, and you'd rather gonna, have him, yeah. I'd rather have him. I know the volume's going to be there. I know what kind of offense that's going to be. Uh, so we're already into the third round. Terry McLaurin with uh, Fitzmagic chucking him the ball downfield. That's pretty exciting. Allen Robinson, maybe some better quarterback play. Um, I don't know if I could take uh, Devonte Adams over C.D. Lamb. Uh, so, but I, I think it's in the third round. You're looking at him, and I wouldn't fault someone for just not drafting him because we just have no idea
0: what jordan love's gonna be what if uh what if it was kevin love throwing him the ball he still got it he still throws some nice passes uh that's like the one thing i think kevin love is still doing in cleveland all right he'd be a, um he'd be a pocket passer so maybe that would fit with Devonte adams yeah, there you go. Uh, so then we got DeAndre Hopkins at eighteen, uh, Calvin Ridley at twenty. That feels really low to me personally. Um, but we'll talk about him in a second. Uh, DK Metcalf at twenty-two and Justin Jefferson at twenty-four. So of of the so I just named all the wide receivers going in in the uh, uh, first two rounds because there's only about six or seven of them. Um, of these guys, w- who surprises you the most at where they're ranked? Um, Tyreek Hill at ten, Stefan Diggs fourteen, Devonte Adams sixteen. Uh, Hopkins at 18 uh, actually to take out Adams altogether just because of the the situation in Green Bay uh, Hopkins at 18 Ridley at 20 Metcalf at 22 and Justin Jefferson at 24 surprises me it just
1: surprises me that they're the that, that Tyreek Hill's not going earlier that they're not bumped up a little bit I mean there's just like we said there's a lot of risk with these running backs and you can just I mean if you took Tyreek Hill pick six I I think you're gonna have a good team I mean he's just locked in every week I'm surprised these guys aren't getting pushed up higher I'd I'd push Diggs up ahead of Acres and Chubb. You know, like I, I think they all need to be shifted up four or five spots. Um, if you're just looking at one of them overall, um, I'd say I'm a little surprised that, well, that, that Jeff, Justin Jefferson, like I, I think people have fallen in love with him and I'm surprised they haven't fallen in love with him even more. I mean, that was like the best rookie year you could ever see. Um, and so I'm kind of surprised that people haven't even hyped him up higher than the end of the second round, honestly.
0: Yeah, um, I mean, he he had a fantastic season, but you look at all these guys. I mean, are you taking Justin Jefferson ahead of DK Metcalf, ahead of Calvin Ridley? And then if if you're not, which, by the way, I'm not, uh, but if you're not, then that means you have to push all of them up ahead of the running backs, which obviously that's what you said you would do. Uh, but clearly the industry at large does not feel that way. Um before we before we get into like a little bit more uh, about these guys are there anyone outside of this top 24 that you think should be in there? Um notable names uh AJ Brown at 26, Michael Thomas at 29. Uh you mentioned Keenan Allen before at 30. We'll stop there. Um those three guys, do you think they deserve to be drafted in uh, uh this, by the end of the second round?
1: Yeah, those are actually the three that I would push up. I would drop some running backs out and I I don't see any reason why Keenan Allen shouldn't be locked into pick 24 in a draft. I just He's going to be so consistent. Uh, PPR league, he's going to have a ton of volume. And he's got a good quarterback. So once you get past him, it's McLaurin, Allen Robinson, CeeDee Lamb. There's enough concerns there. But I really think Keenan Allen's the end of a tier. And uh, those, those top receivers, I like them all. I mean, we start talking about fades. I have a hard time coming up with any. So uh, give me as many of those running backs as I can. I'll take my bell cow running back if I can get it. and Otherwise, I'll just take those receivers.
0: So who do you think is the is the best value of the wide receivers that are currently going in, in the first two rounds? I'm just really big on Calvin Ridley. Uh, I've been
1: drafting him for years now. Um, he gets better every year. It, it reminds me a little bit kind of the D- DeAndre Hopkins trajectory. He just He just kind of improves on his last year each year. That's what you want to see. It doesn't always continue in that trend, but everything's pointing up for him for yet another year. I mean, Julio Jones is gone now. Um, his, his primary target competition is, is Kyle Pitts, who we think he's going to be a really good tight end and maybe more of a receiver than a tight end, but it's still a big question mark. He's a rookie. Rookie tight ends have a terrible track record. Um, if he doesn't you know, blow up his first year, Ridley's going to get every single target he can possibly handle. I think Russell Gage is fine, but he's not going to be taking work from Calvin Ridley. Nah. So um, I'll take Ridley there anytime, like I mean, any day, pick 20 overall. And if I'm higher up in the draft and I'm just kind of stuck and I don't know who to take, he's, he's like my default pick. So I love Ridley led the league in um, air yards last year. He was second in red zone targets, I believe. So it's just, he checks almost every box you would want.
0: Now, are we at all concerned uh, that Ridley is going to fall into the same kind of like issue that we had a few years ago when Antonio Brown left Pittsburgh and we're all like anointing Juju Smith Schuster as, um, you know, he's going to get soak up all the targets. He's going to be so much more productive. Um, he's going to be a top five. I remember seeing he's going to be a top five wide receiver. Uh, People were saying they would pick him in the first round, definitely in the, in the second round. And it didn't play out the way that we thought, because uh, when you take away someone that good, when you take away Julio Jones, uh, there's a lot more attention all of a sudden on Ridley, it's not going to be as easy for him uh, to get open. And we saw the, what happened a few times last year when Julio didn't play, Ridley, Ridley had some big games, but Ridley also had some games where he couldn't get anything going. So, you know, why why should we expect this to be any different than what happened a few years ago with with a similar situation in Pittsburgh?
1: No, I mean, that's a really good point for sure. Um, I think Ridley is a better all-around player than Juju Smith-Schuster. We kind of found out how, uh, you know, he's mainly been used as a close-range target recently, Smith-Schuster. Um, I, I think Ridley's a better player, a little more developed with downfield. I mean, the, the air yards shows it. They're going to him deep. And frankly, Matt Ryan missed a bunch of throws that could have helped out Ridley. So um, we also saw Ridley without Julio quite a bit. And yes, the offense was pretty bad, but uh, he got fed the ball when Julio was out. So it kind of made up for it. It was less efficient, but the usage was up and he had some good weeks. I think that was also a little skewed. There was a week Ridley was hurt and put up a goose egg. So, uh, you know, I just think Ridley is a better overall player. And we've seen a little bit more with him without the number one to think that he can get by. But it's, it's a valid point for sure. I just I, I think the air yards should, usage is encouraging. That's the profile of a number one receiver getting thrown the ball that deep. And we know he can win on shorter routes and get open. So um, I, I think he's got big playability and the volume we look for in PPR leagues.
0: Yeah. By the way, I just, uh, for the record, I completely agree that that this is entirely different from what happened with Juju. Just it, that question came up quite a bit and it, it's kind of weird because uh, we, we learned from our mistake with Juju that, that, just because uh, uh, the first receiver leaves doesn't mean someone's initially going to step them to that mm-hmm. spot because Juju wasn't an outside receiver, even, even back then. Um, mm-hmm. And so for us to think that all of a sudden he's going to step into that role seamlessly uh, was insane. And, but we've seen Ridley play that role. Um, and, and for anyone concerned about the, the games where, you know, y- yes, the efficiency is down um, that matters. Right. And, and yes, he had that goose egg game when, when Julio was hurt, that matters. Um, but it's one thing in the middle of the season to have to change your game plan because the receiver's out. And it's another thing entirely when uh, you have a, a training camp to prepare for that, when you have, you're able to come into the season and Hey, this is our number one guy and we have to game plan for him now. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I, I think Ridley's going to be fine. I like Ridley a lot. I would pick Ridley ahead of Hopkins. Uh, personally. I, I think that there's uh, more of a reason to be excited for Ridley uh, than Hopkins. Uh, I think I'd still have him behind Hill and Diggs though um, yeah. at, at wide receiver. Um, Okay, cool. So, uh, is there anyone that, that is in the top 24 that shouldn't be, um, again, not including, uh, a Jordan love Devonta Adams, uh, connection. Is there anyone that, that you're concerned about in the top 24?
1: No. And that's the thing with the receivers this year is I just, I like them all. So, um, no, I, I'll draft any of them. I don't even know how much time you need to spend on these early round receivers. If you're going into a draft, uh, I would spend your time, you know, last minute cramming on these running backs. So you can't go wrong with these receivers. I mean, just look at DK Metcalf, like he's as physically imposing as any player you could draft. He's already shown it in his early career and he's got a top notch quarterback and you can get him at the end of the second round. So, no, I, I they're all great picks. They're all worthy. Probably, like I said, of being picked three or four spots higher. So uh, if you're stuck, you don't like the
0: running backs, just take one of these receivers. Yeah, but but he can't even hit a softball. So, like, you know. <laughs> He's like the only person who strikes out in the celebrity softball game. I mean, you know, I'm I'm concerned about DK Metcalf now. Um, So (laughs) let's talk about tight ends. There's two tight ends in the top 24. So we're going to bring one more guy in uh, because obviously it's very clear there's a top three at tight end. And it's funny because the way the draft is shaking out, it's almost like there are three one man tiers. Um, And that's Travis Kelsey in a league of his own. Darren Waller. And and George Kittle you can say are kind of in a similar tier, but but Waller is definitely a half step uh, above Kittle as far as the draft goes. So uh, Waller currently uh, is being drafted as the twenty third overall player, Kittle as the thirty first. Um, let's start with Kelsey. Uh, are people crazy for drafting Kelsey in the top five?
1: No, not at all. I mean, basically the argument against him is just age catches up with him. I mean, you you look at his stats on a yearly basis. Um, At the tight end position, you can't compete with them. I mean, we're looking at uh, last year, 145 targets, 136 the year before, 150 the year before. Um, There's only a couple tight ends who have done that one year over the past three years, let alone just every year. So, no, Kelsey, this is kind of ties into the, you know, the running backs that I like. Um, If they're gone, I would much rather take a shot on the best tight end, Um, even quarterback, not in the first two rounds, but earlier than we have in the past. Uh, I I think you get one of those top running backs as you can, and then you take shots on these elite players at the tight end position and quarterback position earlier than we would have in the past. So Kelsey, I I mean, I wouldn't take him over the top couple running backs, but after that, you can make an argument for him. And I mean, there's just nobody to give the ball to in that passing game other than Kelsey and Tyree Kill. So it's Patrick Mahomes throwing the
0: ball. Uh, I'll take my chances with that for another year. Glad to hear you say that because uh, I don't remember if I said it on a podcast or if it was just in the discord, but after I publicly ridiculed uh, people earlier this year for drafting Kelsey in the top five, I've since then realized that I, I personally have him ranked fourth after McCaffrey <laughs> cook and Camara uh, for me next is, is Kelsey um, uh, I would probably rank Hill higher if they were at the same position, but they're not. Kelsey's a tight end, and, and he's pretty much a cheat code there. Um, Darren Waller at 23 and George Kittle at 31. Uh, how do you feel about those two? Do you think those are that's a good price point for those guys? It's been interesting. Like I didn't, I
1: didn't see the Darren Waller hype coming. Um, I mean, obviously we all knew how great he was, but it's just I noticed that during Scott Fishbowl, there was just a surge where. Uh, people were drafting him. I don't know if it was to make a point or not, but he was getting drafted earlier and earlier. Uh, he was surpassing Kittle. Uh, I, I just, I'm surprised that Waller is getting drafted that high because he went from kind of un- perennial under, undervalued tight end to, you know, being clearly the second. So um, I don't have a problem with it. Again, uh, these tight ends just separate themselves because there are not many tight ends that get much volume. You're usually just banking on touchdowns and. You know, Darren Waller is a, a rare example of a tight end that could ever get 145 targets, which he had last year. Two straight years, well over 100. So, no, I, I'm fine taking him in the second round. Um, we'll get to, you know compared to Kittle, um, we'll get to that in a minute. But um, once those running backs are gone, I'm probably still leaning wide receiver just because they're so good. But you can certainly make a case for Waller in the second round.
0: Uh, well, let's get to Kittle because uh, I, I, the season that he had two years ago was absolutely insane, and he showed every bit of that production last year when he was healthy. I mean, the the game that he had when he came back from injury—I don't have the stats right in front of me. I can I can get them in a second, but uh, it was like the first game back from injury, and he absolutely went off. Uh, I don't see was there any reason not to like Kittle at the same price as Darren Waller? Well. Or- I don't think so.
1: So there's more risk baked in with Kittle, but you get him a round later than Waller, Uh, maybe not a full round, but maybe a full round. In some cases, you get him two rounds later than Kelsey um, there's risk, but he also could easily be the tight end one and nobody would be surprised. Um, You know, he's had injury issues. Is that going to happen the rest of his career or not? Who knows? Uh, QB situations a little up in the air for Kittle. Uh, We don't know if Trey Lance is going to be good or not. We don't know how many games we're going to get out of Garoppolo, but I, I think it's a risk worth taking because you get that discount on him. And if you're playing to win, I, I think he's a great draft pick in the third round. Um, he's shown some pretty crazy efficiency in his career. I mean, his yards per you know reception numbers are just excellent. And I, if Lance is better than Garoppolo, uh, there's no reason he can't keep those up. I mean, I, I find it hard to believe they're going to roll with Garoppolo after they gave up all this draft capital to get Lance. So I'm really excited to see what he can do in this Shanahan offense. And I think Kittle is worth that risk. And I, I get it. If you don't want to take a tight end that early, then then pass on him and play the position like you do every year. But um, Kittle, if he stays healthy and his touchdown luck gets a little better, he's uh, he could be tight end one overall easily.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't think it matters just throwing him the ball uh, because that game he came back from injury, he went 15 receptions on 15 targets, 183 yards. And that was with uh, Nick Mullins and C.J. Beathard throwing him the ball. So as long as Trey Lance can be better than Nick Mullins and C.J. Beathard, which is not a high bar that we're setting here, Uh, He should be in in good shape. Um, All right. uh, That's, that's it for those top, you know, tight ends. Um, We'll touch a little bit on quarterbacks. There's no quarterbacks that are going in the first two rounds, um, thankfully, because that uh, doesn't make sense unless you're in a super flex uh, league or, or any other league where you can start maybe a two quarterback league. Yeah, uh, you push quarterbacks up, but uh, Patrick Mahomes is coming very close. He is going uh, 27th overall. The next highest quarterback is Josh Allen at 37th overall. Um, just what are your what are your thoughts on drafting quarterbacks early and, and getting one of these guys? Um, I notice uh, Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, and Dak Prescott are all off the board by the end of the fourth round. So you got five quarterbacks uh, going in the top four, uh, 48 picks.
1: Yeah, I'm much more in um, now than I have been in the past on the early quarterbacks. I'm not going to fight anyone who wants to take these guys in the third or fourth. Um, and I, I've done some best ball leagues where it's just ten teams, and I don't think taking Mahomes at the end of the second is that crazy. You've, you've only you've got less teams in the league, you can fill out the rest of your roster a little easier. You lock in the best quarterback. I, you know, I've taken him a pick twenty a couple times, just just to kind of give myself a nice stack or try to give me some upside. But in a typical league, I'm not drafting him that early. Um, I I think generally what I am targeting, it's a sweet spot. And if you miss it, um, it might hurt a little bit. But I'm going to target Herbert or Russell Wilson in the sixth round. I I think it's a great deal on them. Uh, It's right at the end of my quarterback tier where there's real upside and not a lot of risk. Um, So those six rounders are what I'm going for. But uh, anyone from Dak Prescott to Josh Allen in the fourth, I don't think is a bad pick either. So it's more I think you really want to get your tiers set and try to get the last one in your tier. Um, that's how I would play quarterback this year. And It's probably going to be earlier than you would have taken them in the past. But these guys have rushing ability and it's just there's much more upside this year. I mean, you'll look at a couple of my fades would be Brady, Tom Brady and Matt Stafford in the seventh round. It's not because I don't think they're good players, but the rushing ability, it's just not there. And I don't think you've got a QB one outcome in them. So um, I'm going to get that first tier and fade the rest until late round so if, if you don't get russell wilson or justin herbert then i'm gonna wait for a while but otherwise i'll, I'll take the gamble um hope one of those guys really blows up and gives me a qb1 season
0: I, I love that after you said brady you're like oh god i have to clarify who brady is because uh there's, there's god there's got to be so many uh, quarterback brady's out there yeah uh, it's, uh one of my finer moments pre- Appreciate it. Uh, no, no, it's good, man. You know, we always have to make sure the listeners understand who we're talking about. It's, it's very important. Um, so with all that said, how would you say you're you're coming into a draft? Like what's your approach, right? A lot of people, when they start their draft, they don't know what pick they have, right? Not every draft is like a slow draft where so you see it and you're like, oh, cool. I have picked 10. And so I have three days to prepare uh, with the speed that some of these slow drafts go right. And a lot of these people, they do live drafts. Um, you find out 10 minutes before the draft starts. Okay, cool. I've got pick four. Um, and that's not a lot of time to prepare. So you have to do your preparation before you find out, uh, which pick you have. What, what would you say your general strategy is for the early rounds coming into the season?
1: Yeah. So I would look at, so, you know, going into the draft that rounds three through six, I would say, uh, receivers are going to fly off the board. Everyone's taking the running backs early. That's when everyone's going to catch up and draft their receivers Is rounds three through six. I mean, you can just look at, look. Uh, F, you know, NFC has this really nice, um, it, it breaks out the ADP like a draft board. So you can really see where these runs are and the, the receivers just go like crazy. So, you know, that's coming, um, early on, like I said, you get one of the stud running backs. Uh, but I, I think you want to get three receivers if you can, in those first six rounds. I mean, that locks you in someone like T Higgins is your wide receiver three chase Claypool who has a ton of upside Brandon. Ayuk. If you can get three of them through the first six, I think you're in really good shape. After that, you kind of hit a little bit of a wall. Then you've got the Jerry, Judy, Robbie Anderson. They're not quite as locked in as as some of those previous receivers. So I want to get three of these receivers in the first six or so rounds. Um, That means maybe just taking one running back. That leaves you with wiggle room to take a tight end, to take a quarterback. It still leaves you that room. But if you go and draft three running backs in the first six rounds, uh, it really starts eliminating all the other positions for you. So it's it's very top-heavy, a running back for me. Take one of the studs if they're there. Uh, And after that, just take your best combination of wide receiver and tight end. Maybe start looking at quarterback rounds four through six. But um, that's how I'm approaching it. I I used to be someone that would have just loaded up on three running backs in the first six rounds. And uh, I haven't gone full zero RB, but I think we do need to adapt I um, Really know what you're chasing here at running back. Know if that ceiling is there. And if it's not, uh, go for these receivers because there's just – there's so much talent. I mean, you got someone like Amari Cooper mid-fourth who's just – I mean, he's been rock solid. He's got a lot of upside. He plays with a great quarterback and a great offense. Like, you can get him mid-fourth round. There's just so much talent. I mean, Adam Thielen in the fifth round, he's his connection with Kirk Cousins, like that's a steal. Um, so just make sure you get three or four of these receivers. They're just too good to pass up, and you're going to regret it later.
0: Yeah. Of the, uh, of the 48 picks between rounds three through six, uh, half of them are wide receivers. Uh, and then another 12 of them are running backs. So uh, obviously a far cry from the first two rounds where some, uh, what, like two thirds of the picks are running backs. Uh, and then there's like a handful of wide receivers. So definitely it flips the script basically Mm -hmm. rounds three through six, which for me is why I want to make sure that I come out of the, first two rounds uh, with one of those running backs. Um, if I have an early pick in the draft, then I, I almost certainly want to get a running back with my first pick. And honestly, I think for me, if I don't get one with the first pick, um, like if I go for Travis Kelsey early in the first round, then I think what I would do is I would get my first running back in the third round and come back around for a guy like JK Dobbins mm-hmm. or Deandre Swift um, or hope maybe like uh, someone like let's Joe Mixon and fall. Mm-hmm. Um, if I get a, a end of the first round pick, then I'm, I'm probably targeting, Uh, like an Eckler or a Chubb uh, or even Antonio Gibson, right? Either at the end of the first round or beginning of the second. So Mm -hmm. I I personally, I'm leaving the first two rounds either with a running back or knowing I'm getting one at the beginning of the third. And then I want to pair that up with uh, either Travis Kelsey or uh, someone like Calvin Ridley. Like, uh, I'll just say this, my dream scenario, I think coming into drafts this year is I get a top three pick and I can start my draft with like Alvin Kamara and Calvin Ridley. That would be like the dream personally for me. What about you?
1: Yeah. No, I mean, that looks great. I mean, you even just look at like um, the, the team two in this uh, ADP breakdown, I mean, you go Dalvin cook, Darren Waller, AJ Brown, Lamar Jackson, and you're still getting like Deontay Johnson and I wouldn't take Juju there, but um, there there's some interesting builds you can get. If you do take one of those tight ends and quarterbacks and there's still some talented receivers. So yeah, I, I'm in the same boat. I definitely want a running back early if I can. Cause It's going to get tricky if you're at pick, say, 11. None of your running backs fell. I mean, it's tough when you go two receivers there, receiver, tight end. Um, But then, you know, it puts some guys in play that maybe you would pass on normally uh, later on, maybe like a Mike Davis in the sixth round or a Chase Edmonds, um, you know, Trey Sermon in the seventh. Like, there's still some interesting names out there. You just make sure you got – if you're going to skip on those running backs in the first two rounds, uh, make sure you kind of have those targets uh, kind of set aside for those later rounds. Cause it, it does get, it, it gets a little scary once you get past the fifth round of running back.
0: I will, I will say this. If, if I'm team 11 in a draft and none of the running backs I want are on the board, then that means that there were 10 running backs that went the 10 picks before me. And I can start with like Travis Kelsey and Tyree kill. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'd, I'd be okay with that. Like if, the, if my team started with Kelsey and Stefan Diggs, or yeah. if I started with Tyree Hill and Stefan Diggs, um, I'll live with that and then figure out running back after the fact. Um, uh and people have corrected yeah. from
1: last year we had a lot of early receivers that busted on us like michael thomas he was just uh you know everyone got a good deal on him at the end of the first round and he completely fell flat uh that's not going to happen every year so we've corrected um i think we should correct back a little bit and don't be afraid to take tire killing and Stephon Diggs digs to start a draft because that's just locked in weekly production
0: yeah it, it feels like uh it feels like we've uh after the the rise of like the the zero RB and and you know getting a little bit cute like that, it feels like we've really swung as far the other way as as we have in a long time yeah. uh, with all the running backs here in the first two rounds. I mean, so it's really just the elite receivers
1: though. People are afraid to spend that first round pick on a receiver early second. Um, you can see after after that everything breaks loose and they everyone starts drafting all these receivers they love. So. It's just I think people think the elite upside isn't there or maybe not predictable or something, Um, but it probably is. And we need to take advantage of people making that mistake. Just, you know, kind of recency bias stuff.
0: Awesome. All right. Well, uh, that's going to do it for today's podcast. Uh, we are going to do so much more as we get close to the season. Um, when as the rankings come out, we're going to do rankings podcast for every every position. Uh, when the uh, projections come out, we're definitely going to do uh, podcasts about those projections and, and kind of digging into them. Uh, we'll talk you through your draft, not just early round strategy, but late round strategy, middle of the uh, of the draft strategy. Uh, dynasty leagues i mean basically anything that you're preparing for uh this upcoming preseason we will have you covered so keep your eyes peeled on the qb list fantasy football podcast feed and of course again please if you're interested at all in being part of the qb list team if you love football um if you love uh helping people and uh, if you love fantasy football uh you know send your information over to uh info at qb com or check out our website QB list or our Twitter at the QB list uh, to send your information over uh, Eric, any final words uh, as we start getting ready for another season of football? No, just really excited. Um, and yeah, I mean,
1: we're holding back a little bit for August. So if you want some of this information up front, uh, join our discord community. Uh, that's all I would say. Uh, PL plus is a a great time. We got a lot of good people in there. Uh, maybe helped you win your fantasy baseball league down the stretch. So Uh, come join us. We would appreciate having you and um, we'll, I'll answer any, any question you throw at me. So uh, get in there and uh, just good luck, everybody getting ready for drafts this year.
0: And get in before your keeper league uh, uh, deadlines are set because uh, we'll help you with those too. All right, everyone. Thank you so much. And we'll see you next time.